Hello, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Before we jump into today's pod, I want to share a really exciting announcement with you. Um, In addition to retreat ticket sales being on sale, um, in addition to the group program being open for registration, the exciting news that I have for you is that we are doing a brand new thing here at Out of the Cave starting next Monday. So if you're listening to this in real time, it'll be a week from today, starting on July 25th. 2022, we are launching the first Out of the Cave Journal Challenge. So if you are interested in joining us, it's going to be a 21-day challenge to stay committed to the practice of journaling. Every day, you will receive a journal prompt from me, Lisa Schlossberg, um, and we will be moving through it for three weeks because in my experience, personally and professionally, um, even though journaling can be such a game changer in the healing process, the hardest thing about it is doing it, <laughs> making a practice of it, staying committed to it, and having any accountability around it. And so to kind of get over that hump, if this is something that you are trying to implement, um, but you're having a bit of a struggle with it, please consider joining us for the Out of the Cave Journal Challenge. So the show notes below will have all of the information you need about how to sign up for that, the PDF that you'll receive, and all of the information. So not just journal prompts, but also suggestions, tips, and some tools that have been helpful for me along my journey that I want to share with you. So totally free. Um, Join us in the community. Let me know if you have any questions. You can always, always feel free to email me, lisa at lisaschlossberg.com. And I hope to see you there. the out of the cave podcast um today i'm here with my love my client my ex-client um retired group member jen hello jen hello lisa (laughs) (laughs) so i i know i say this every week and about every guest that i have but i'm super excited that you're here for a few different reasons one though that i was thinking about a lot before just sitting down to record this is just, you know, you'll introduce yourself, talk a little bit about yourself, but I think what's so cool for me about having you here and, you know, just to let everyone else in on the secret, that is, Jen, you were someone that reached out to me after listening to a few episodes of this podcast and then joined the group program. And from the very beginning, like, I will never forget receiving your email to me about being on the receiving end of this podcast and how you were able to already take so much away and it was so resonant with you that then you join the group and now you're in aftercare and like we've been working together but it's so special to me because it feels in so many ways like it comes full circle to have you here sharing your story on this podcast because that's where it all began for us and I part of the reason I share that is because creating a podcast is really challenging for me in a lot of ways, because I love working with people so much. 
And I love being part of a transformation and listen, you know, kind of collaborating on the journey. So when I sit and create a podcast, it's me speaking into a void, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. I, I see that people are hearing it, but it was so, it was just such a big deal for me. You know, when you reached out and shared the way that you were able to start really making changes in your life, just based on it. And now you're here. So that is the context for everyone, obviously, who doesn't already know that. And part of the reason that I'm just so thrilled to have you here, and it means the whole world to me that you are so open and willing and and able and eager and excited to share your story and be a part of this community. So thank you for being here and welcome. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Oh, I, I feel like every time I see you or talk to you, I'm just fangirling. <laughs> Because I, after listening to your podcast, yeah, it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. And you were the, you helped me see the missing connection, which we'll definitely talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In interview yeah. for sure. 100%. Yeah. That's why I'm so excited to have you here and ask you all of the things. So Jen, before, before we get to all of that, how mm-hmm. would you, how would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. So hello, everybody. (laughs) Happy to be here. (laughs) My name is Jen, and I am 40 years old. I live in Northern California, married and have seven year old, oh my goodness, boy girl twins, which is incredible. Um, And my day job is I am a cancer researcher, oncology researcher, and um, actually a scientist. Now we've got a new title. So (laughs) super elated about that (laughs) keep that in mind because my science background really helps on this journey I know yes I was thinking about that too this morning about I mean again we'll we'll get to all of it but I was I was just reflecting on how like so much of what went hand in hand with you absorbing and integrating this information was also pulling on your strength of being a scientist and a researcher and I think uh, as much as this work is so um, sometimes so like nebulous and it's so, mm-hmm. you know, emotional and mental and spiritual. You are so such an embodiment of how we can integrate that with kind of the left brain thinking and how I think in a lot of ways, you and I are very similar in that sense. So um, yes, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to all of that. We'll get to that. <laughs> very cool. All okay. Connected. So as you know, as you've heard in previous podcasts, what I'm always interested in, um, in terms of just where to begin is is the beginning right like mm-hmm. we've all been in a relationship with food since forever and what i'm curious about before we get to the group before we get to the podcast before we get to everything mm-hmm. is really where where it started for you so anything that you and these are things again like i was just saying before we hit record that i don't know you know i don't know in yeah. detail what it was like for you personally so when you think about you know, zero to five, zero to 10 years old as a kid, what are some things that you remember or were able to reflect on while we were in group together about your relationship with food and your body? Like, how did that begin for you? Yeah, so of course, um, I thought about it. (laughs) It's the same group. And, you know, zero to five, I didn't really think about it. Um, I, I remember my mom telling me that when I was when she was pregnant with me that she craved snicker bars. And so that's why I'm so sweet. 
you are what you eat, right? <laughs> and uh, also to um, as a baby, which which is very interesting. Um, I always thought I was a breastfed baby. So when I was little, I always thought like, oh, I'm so smart <laughs> because I was breastfed. In reality, I found out that when I had kids, my mom said, oh, you were formula fed. You're fine. And I'm like, oh, my God. So like little things, it's just incredible growing up how the stories that you made up in your or you think are true in your mind aren't real, isn't true, isn't reality. It's just incredible. And that was part of my revelations going through this process was really looking in or looking at limit well we'll get into but limiting beliefs and stuck points yeah and, or my beliefs that I had right. prior to being out of the case so yeah um and oh yeah and also too I remembered distinctly when I started becoming overweight like around third grade was that I was like oh, why, why am I why am I bigger than another kid because I'm like mommy mommy like how how big was I when I was a baby? And my mom was like, "Oh, you were a premier, like four pounds." I'm like, "Oh, that's weird. Then why am I so big?" I just remember having that conversation. Mm. Um, but but prior to that, like six, seven, I was just living life, yeah. enjoying yeah, zero to seven, enjoying life and and having a good time. And then when I was seven or uh, eight plus, that's when you start noticing the differences. And yeah. I started gaining weight and growing up, I, my parents, both of my parents worked. And so my brother and I were home a lot and my parents always provided an abundance of food. And I remember even to going grocery, grocery shopping with my mom and her and I would have two carts and she's like, go ahead, fill it up with whatever you want to eat as long as you finish it. Mm. and you don't waste mm. I'm like huh okay and so and but those I think that's why I get a rush when I go grocery shopping <laughs> because I I've always had such good feelings about grocery shopping and and be and maybe too like being with my mom and and also I like to cook too so that's something as well but anywho but the reason why too we would stock our pantry in our refrigerator was because both of my parents worked Mm-hmm. And so we were home for what, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, maybe just try. So we ate. So what I noticed is, yes, I would play, but as time goes by, you know, you don't want to play. You just want to watch TV. And that was my joy. That was what kept me from being bored. It's like, mm-hmm. what am I going to eat today? Yeah. What yeah. Can I and then when I got older, what can I cook today? And so right. that became my comfort. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. That's such a visual of how old were you? Was it around that time of being around eight years old that you were kind of manning the shopping cart and getting whatever you wanted in the grocery store? Was that around the same oh, yeah. time? Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So that's, I mean, just quite a, quite a visual, right. Of like, here, go for it, go for it. And it is so, I just love listening to the way that you explain it because this is such a demonstration or an illustration of how it is so innocent. It is so innocent. Oh, yeah. Like our relationship with food becoming one where now I don't have to be bored, which then in many ways translates to now I don't have to feel X. Now I don't have to deal with X 
because mm-hmm. now your brain has stored that you can turn to food. Like, and mm-hmm. it works. It's so effective. And as an eight-year-old, especially when your parents aren't home, yeah, it's like, this is brilliant. You know, like this is the brilliance of the human brain body system that says, turn to food. It works every and time. TV. And, and TV. TV. Oh my goodness. Hours and hours and hours yes. of TV. My comfort. Yes. But what did I see on TV? I'll circle back later. <laughs> <laughs> you are prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you I had me it. thinking a lot in group for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, that is, again, the beauty of it is like for so many people, this is just how it happens. We just fall into it to no fault of our own, no blame or shame, right? Mom and dad had to go to work. They were doing their job. They were doing their best all as well. It's innocent. That's the point here is it's innocent. So, and and just a distinction that I made in my group recently, that is, I think a lot about these days, the distinction between the word innocent and the word harmless, because Mm. it's something like this that is so innocent. And also it's not harmless, right? It's not that there are no side effects. It's not that there are no consequences, but it is valuable to see it in its true light. That is, it's innocent. You know, no one was doing anything wrong. So, okay. So at around eight years old, this is where you are in your relationship with food. What were you starting to notice about your body? And when you say like, you start noticing changes and like, maybe you look differently or you see that you're bigger, what's going on in the mind of your eight-year-old? I always identified as the chubbier kid um, that I had friends that were just leaner than me. Um, and also too, I struggled with, I remember, you know, labeling it as an identity crisis because I'm Filipino or Filipina, mm. yet I didn't look typical Filipina. And so I struggled with that a lot with my freckles and also not having jet black hair it's mm. right now, but, <laughs> uh, and, or having light skin. And so I was like, well, who am I? And then also mm. two were living in America. So I'm like, oh, who am I? Just, so I had a lot of that going on. And also too, I, I was always boy crazy when I was little, oh, still now, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and so I remember too, uh, with a guy, I, you know, I think it was in fourth, third grade, fourth grade, fourth grade anyway. And I told him, I was like, oh, Someone told him, oh, Max, Jen likes you. He's like, oh, but Jen has freckles. So I knew appearance mattered. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, that stuck with me for a while. Now yeah. it doesn't, but it did it, for a long yeah. time. Very, yeah. very. So then that's when I started noticing like, oh, wow. I, yeah, I had low self-esteem. I didn't think I was pretty. I was always a fat friend or identified with the fat ugly best friend in, mm. in movies and TV shows, always the sidekick, never the star. And so, um, but yeah, a lot of, but I, I do remember teasing and, you know, but always making myself small so that no one, you know, people would bully other kids. So yeah. I never felt that, like, I never had like a bully always attack me, a couple of boys, you know, tease and stuff. But oh, oh, oh they, you know, they always say, oh, oh, they just like you. Right. Oh, right, right. <laughs> oh man. But, you know, we're, we're out of the cave. We can, we can do better. So teaching my kids that. But yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. The thing that occurs to me a lot while you're saying this, and I don't know that this has come up so 
explicitly in previous episodes, but it's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot in doing this work. That is, especially at a young age, our body Mm -hmm. is so closely tied to our identity and our appearance and our culture are tied to identity. And, And then that's why very often it's not just looking a certain way or being a certain size that is so uh, charged or emotional or scary. It's that that is so deeply tied to is something wrong with who I am? It, am like to on such a root core level of like, mm-hmm. what is it to be a human as a kid? Well, yeah. part of that is the body that you're in mm-hmm. and whatever meaning that we make of that. And so it just is like, I don't know, I just, I really hear that while you're saying this, that is, again, just illustrating the way that as a kid, it's so innocent, it's not your fault at all. But part of what we start questioning is like, am I okay as a human? Am I acceptable to exist, to Mm -hmm. exist? Mm -hmm. And that's how it starts to play with the safety and the danger and, and all of that stuff is because it's not about the body it's about so much of the meaning that we give it. And when that's wrapped up in our identity, who am I? Mm-hmm. Whoa, you know, whoa. Mm-hmm. That's a huge and question also, for an eight-year-old. Yeah, and also too, I didn't have that guidance growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. My culture, my parents, they never communicated with us because they weren't, t- well, we'll get back to that. Right. But, you know, right. <laughs> right. I don't want to spill the beans, but, <laughs> but I... But yeah, growing up, and I, I've talked to a lot after, you know, being out of the cave, I was just curious about other people and how they were brought up. And I noticed a trend that a lot of our parents did not talk to us. They did not communicate, you know, what it, they didn't validate us. They just pointed out what was wrong with us. Right. Very, very judgy. Right. Mm-hmm. Lots right. of comments when I was growing up about my mm-hmm. weight, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So you're starting to be aware of this at around eight years old. Mm-hmm. What is different. it like for you? <laughs> right. What is it like mm-hmm. for I'm you? Different. Let's say, you know, to eight ish to about like 18, which is mm. a, which is a large, you know, chunk of time at, at such a formative age, but for the, for the next, you know, 10 years, what did that look like for you? You're aware that you're different. You feel, mm-hmm. you know, some insecurity, some anxiety around that. What happens next? What do you do with that? Well, I noticed that it definitely lived to eat. Mm. Uh, I just, food just made me happy. Did you know that at the yeah. time? Or was that something you found out? I think out? with Weight Watchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in my 20s. But I felt like, but I definitely, it was my friend. Like it was my comfort. Whenever I needed food, food was there. Hard day, chips and chips, TV, the couch. Yes was my my I feel so I feel a hundred people nodding when you say that like (laughs) it's thinking about it makes me happy right now (laughs) it's so relatable it's so so human my god yeah yeah so but zero but yeah that was my junior high high school days so you definitely noticed or I noticed that I was different but I always had friends but it was very 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 insecure Mm -hmm. um I 
and I definitely noticed too, well, now more so that, you know, the people that I hung out with was who I ended up being similar to. So for example, I hung out with the kiddos that, the kiddos, the kids right. that got the, you know, I'm thinking of junior high, um, uh, got, you know, the better grades. So that was the first time I got a uh, straight A's and then I ended up getting a boyfriend so it just I I ended up like moving around friends and everything but for the most part um as time goes by or it went by like I, I I did enjoy school but I always had that hanging over my head or in my heart that I was different and I had to be a certain way to be accepted yeah. that I needed to you know be a certain size or people would tease me it was we were very aware of it we had to keep you know now I know now that it was a survival mechanism but 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 then you just would yeah you definitely take notice who was getting teased what you needed to do to not be teased or to be left alone yeah or and or to get a boyfriend right yeah right so Mm -hmm. for you did that look like diets like you mentioned weight watchers that's a great question you know what I was not aware of weight watchers we knew about Jenny Craig but not or but not really um my friends and I just always talked about it um but nothing ever came to fruition where I restricted or anything like that I did end up doing volleyball for four years which I loved and so that helped me keep moving um but I do remember growing up that my mom would always tell me about a diet, like a cottage mm-hmm. cheese. Mm-hmm. I can even remember yeah. making the meals of cottage cheese and it was like olives and carrots. But she, but that's the funny thing too. Growing up, my mom would always tell us, my brother and I, oh, you guys are getting big. You need to lose weight. And we would always tell her, okay, but look at you. Mm. Like you need to leave by exam when we are teenagers, of course, right, right. you know? And it's like, oh, oh, but I'm too old. I don't need to worry about that. Or I, I'm too old to do that. You guys are still young. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But definitely okay. at that time, um, yeah, no, I just was living life and just enjoying food. Right, right. Not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So again, like the way that I hear this, is like it's just an illustration of what is the story of so many people that is food was comfort food is a friend then we start noticing that there are some physical changes happening because of that emotionally Mm -hmm. what's going Mm -hmm. on in the emotional world creates a reality in the physical world and then all kind of what happens after that is that we treat the quote-unquote problem physically Right. We're not, we're not paying oh, yeah. attention to the fact that food is comfort and food is a friend. We're paying attention to the fact that your body's getting bigger. You need to get smaller again. And it's just, again, the culture that we live in. It's the culture that your family lived in mm-hmm. and it's all innocent, but it's so, it's just such a, it's such a picture of what is true for so, so, so many of us. Mm-hmm. So then, okay. I, because, so what I want to do, here's, here's where I'm at right now, full transparency. What I, what I'm curious about is like moving through, you know, then what, like what, what, what kept happening in your relationship with food? What kinds of things were you trying? What was working? What wasn't? And I also know that there is an incredible amount to share about what started happening when we started working together and when you stumbled upon this podcast. So for the sake of all of it, 
<laughs> if you if you were to kind of summarize, you know, from like junior high, high school to when you eventually stumbled upon out of the cave, what was that period of time like in your life in regards to food and eating and your weight and your body and all of those things? It was definitely a roller coaster. Hmm. I because I I definitely remember the highest was and where I noticed it, oh gosh there's a problem here is when my parents separated mm. and mind you my whole world cra- was cra- yeah crashed because parents were together for 25 plus years but no one talked so I didn't know what was going on what was wrong so that threw me in a tailspin and I was off in college and I ate and mm. ate and ate and ate and ate because I didn't understand what was going on um things didn't make sense and no one talked it just is what it is and so um that's when I reached my highest weight and my best friend who also has the same struggles I did growing up um said she joined Jenny Craig Mm. and so in two. Yeah, 2004, I joined Weight Watchers because Jenny Craig was more expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, January, of course, January 2004, I joined. And I was there ever since um, till COVID, so 2020. Wow. Mm -hmm. How many years is that? 17. Is that six? Right? Wow. When I I quit. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So There's you were on Weight Watchers for 16, 17 years. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Does so that it, mean wait, that you on, were... Me, you yeah. can edit this. Can I do the math? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, 2004 to 2020, that's 16 right. years, right? Okay. Right? Like, <laughs> so I'm not the not. mathematician here, but... I am not 16, yes. So, oh... You, you know why I say 17? Because, you know, I kept the membership mm, till 2021. Mm, mm. Then I canceled it. But I stopped going to meetings 2020. But I canceled okay. the membership. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's why. I was like, why 17? So, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm processing that. So mm-hmm. you, does this mean, because I know, you know, you could, mm. you could say you were quote unquote on Weight Watchers and like that can mean a lot of different things. Does that mean you were like counting your points every day for 16 years? Oh, no, How did no, that no, look no. So it, of course, right. This is a new, in 20, 2004, <laughs> of course it's new, right? I'm finally watching what I'm eating. I'm restricting. I'm at college, so I'm biking all the time. Mm. I'm, oh, oh, you know what? Mm. You know what my why was at the time? Mm. To get a boyfriend, of course. And, you know, I did have boyfriends throughout, you know, high school and stuff, just come on, let everyone know. There's not anything wrong with it, but, you know, but that's the thing I, you know what? Let's circle back to that too. When I had my boyfriends, I, or my two boyfriends in high school, or actually three, excuse me. Wow. I put a lot on them to fulfill mm-hmm. my happiness. So a lot of things going on through, through my school, um, pro- actually till, till out of the cave, I put a lot, a lot of power yep. into other people to make me happy. Yep. 
tons. Well, why don't you do this for me? Why don't you do that for me? Yeah. And then I made because they were giving me the self confidence because I did not look internally. I did look externally, and that's what I definitely noticed. Yeah. And so I wanted it again. I wanted a boyfriend. I was 190.5. Heaven forbid, I can't get a boyfriend, you know, feeling, looking like this and feeling like crappy all the time. So in order to quote unquote gain control, that's when I went to Weight Watchers. Right. And it was up and down. I lost weight fast, of course, because I was dedicated. I was motivated. I was seeing results like that. Yeah. And I guess what? I got a boyfriend. <laughs> I got a boyfriend. Yep. Because I felt, and I loved how you said in your podcast that I never even noticed it. I'm like, oh gosh, now it's that switch where it's like mm-hmm. positive reinforcement, like mm-hmm. all every compliments galore. I got a boyfriend. I, you know, people weren't talking about, but may may say something too. It's funny because my aunt who said, you need to lose weight. Da, 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 da. Okay. I lost weight. Oh, you, you lost too much weight. Yep. So that, yeah. <laughs> so then I thought, wow, you can't. And that, and that's, and that was when I learned I can't please everyone. So, yeah. but still, I just remember that conversation very clearly because after I did everything still, she had wow. to say. Yeah. Wow. So definitely through Weight Watchers, it's, yeah, it was up and down. So what happened was, and I, because I like, I'm a visual person. I'm like, okay, after all, I think, I don't know if it was 10 years in or so. I was like, why do I keep up and down, up and down, up and down? And Mm. so because of Weight Watchers, you get to track your weight. So Mm -hmm. I put it into an Excel file and whenever, and then I color coordinated it that when it would, you know, increase, it would go red. When it decreased, it was green. When it so all these colors, and then also the weight range would be color coordinated too. And then I put note section whenever my weight would go up. Well, interesting. What happened to me that mm. that period? Oh, my weight started going up when I graduated college. I wasn't moving as much as before. My whole schedule changed. Okay, then it went down, and then went up. Then it went down again. Oh, okay, I got into the groove of the new job, exercising more, back to tracking. Because, yeah, too. Oh, how funny. I remember the first time I lost, you know, how many pounds? 50 pounds. Was it 50 or 60? No, it was 60. 60.2 pounds. I was like, I have arrived. I'm <laughs> done. I'm going to be thin forever and happy forever and ever uh-huh. and I that's what I thought and then yeah the weight started creeping up after I graduated and I'm like okay let me get back on the wagon and then I went back on the wagon because heaven forbid I gain weight mm-hmm. right and so it was wow. like that but throughout my life you'll see or throughout my time at Weight Watchers you'll see it go up and down yeah. and up and down and I gained I was and then I was my highest of course because I was pregnant with twins at 223 mm-hmm. pounds. That was my highest. And then, of course, I gave birth. And then I was 203, which I've never been in my life. And then went on Weight Watchers two months after I gave birth because I had a goal. Yeah. And that's, I was very goal-oriented, goal too. I noticed, too, when it would go back down that I always have something going on. Yep. My wedding, 
you know, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like always something, something. So then that's what the yo-yo too, because that was my motivation. And so then after the twins were born, yeah, I lost that weight like that because I was determined. Heaven forbid I look bad on my one year, my kids' one year pictures. Right. Oh, no, no, no. And then, you know, people labeled me as a success story. I was yep. put on my trainer's um, Instagram. Like, look at this mommy. Yeah. Twins! twins. Right, right. And then what happened? Holidays. Run back up. Oh. Yeah guys taking family pictures so then it's been like that every year we take family pictures and every year that will that was my motivation to lose the weight mm. and then COVID hit right and that's when it just kicked and that's right. why I know so I'm like why am I buying pop tarts I haven't bought it in years I don't understand mm. I could not at that time could not understand why I was baking cooking you know, looking for snacks after the kids would go to bed. And I did this prior to, but every time the kids would go to bed, I would have moments of peace. And I'm like, hmm, do I want to go sit, you know, go and hang out with my husband or sit on the couch and watch TV and eat chips and salsa? Mm-hmm. No, it was nacho cheese. Chips and nacho cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it was always the latter. Yeah. Because I was, that brought me the purest joy. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really processing that you were on Weight Watchers for 16 years. And I'm sure, and again, that's that's the story of so many people and going up and down. And I think another thing that you're just kind of pointing out here is the way that part of what doesn't work about mm. all of this approach is, and you and, you and I have talked about this in group and stuff, but part of the reason, just for anyone who's listening to this, who's like nodding along, like this has been my life for 20 years. Um, part of the reason it doesn't work is not just because of everything that's going on physically, like at a certain point, your body needs to stabilize and like, we need to stop putting it in restriction and all of that stuff. But part of what's happening mentally is that when you're doing it that way, you're framing yourself as I am before now, and then I will be after, and then it will be over, period. I will be an after picture, and I will exist there for the rest of my whole life, and and there's nothing more to it. Ever and ever and ever and ever. That's it. And I'm just, that's it. And, And like, that is part of the reason that it's so fundamentally is not sustainable is because what you're saying in so many ways, or the way that I feel like I interpret it, is that... you're going up, you're going down, you're going up, you're going down in your weight and with your body. But on a mental, emotional, spiritual level, like you're just, you're just living a human life. Like it doesn't end, you know, it doesn't stop. And part of the reason it goes up and down and up and down is because when we get to that down where we want it to stay, right. You have that day where you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm still like here, like this body is still mine. I still have to feed myself. What was I thinking that I was just going to get to after land and stay there forever? Like there, that's part of the reason it can never actually be sustainable is because you're not telling the truth. You're not telling the truth. That is you are in your body for every day until you die. And like, we have to start there mentally so that we're at least aligned with the fact that, you know, it is true. You're aligning with your truth, literally on the physical dimension. So, wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing all of that. 
Now I'm so curious because I know again that (laughs) like you are someone who I feel like every week of group you would like share something on the forum like my entire life has changed things are so you know shifted and different so you're on Weight Watchers for 17 years COVID hits you're noticing yourself eating more less control around it not feeling empowered and then how do you end up connecting with Out of the Cave and this podcast? Yeah, so my friends and I were discussing at, over lunch that, because um, we, we have similar stories. We've been on Weight Watchers together. We've struggled with, yeah, with our weight we, for how many years? And so she was the one that, she mentioned Nicole Sachs years ago, but I never connected with her podcast actually in hindsight I should have started on episode one yeah. <laughs> lessons learned um need to podcast you but uh so but also too I was like I don't have TMS I don't know what she's talking mm. about and that's okay and then you know fast forward a year later I was like huh having lunch I'm like oh, you know what I've been having like indigestion I haven't had this since I was pregnant and she's like oh she's like you know what I just listen to a great podcast out of the cave mm. you should check it out and I started on episode one <laughs> and I just remember just being in the lab and mind you too just heads up that I have been in therapy since 2010 mm-hmm. and it wasn't solo therapy it was couples therapy because mm-hmm. I just got married and my husband and I were just not communicating effectively I'm like I just I couldn't understand why and so we were in couples therapy for a long time and then eventually I think yeah maybe when my kids were born so maybe seven three about four years I've been doing uh solo therapy or one-on-one therapy um and so what I learned too was that we or throughout my therapy sessions just let everyone know that I've just, I've never been, I was always striving to be happy and I'm feeling like a failure, failure. Like I just don't understand. Like I'm such a positive person. Like, why isn't this sticking? Why are people just pissing me off? Like, just Why can't I just go with the flow? Mm. Um, why I just, I couldn't understand why I couldn't just be happy mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I went to therapy and then, you know, of course we discussed my weight and everything. And I even remember my therapist telling me, and he gave me tools. Like throughout this whole journey too, I've been giving coping mechanism tools, right? Like I, I have, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm telling, you know, myself affirmations. I love myself because I was telling my therapist too. I'm like, I do, I do love myself. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't hate myself because I knew I, I did feel that shift with him that, oh, you know, I, I understand what he was saying and how, um, but there's just some, something missing. So fast forward, I was having, yeah, lunch and then talking about indigestion. And, but when I was listening to your podcast, that's when you started making the connections that my therapist didn't make which was the brain science 
And that really spoke to me because in the bottom line, the underlying message is it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. And then also to through listening to you, I real I found I discovered self love mm -hmm. because in my mind I'm like I don't get it like how can mm -hmm. a person lose the same fifty to sixty pounds over and over and over like if I truly love myself then why do I keep doing that that mm -hmm. does not make sense and when I listen to you oh I get it now. Yeah, my body was protecting me. That was the coping mechanisms that I learned since I was little. No wonder I gained weight. That was the mm -hmm. only thing that I knew that make me happy. And that's when light bulbs, light bulbs, light bulbs. And I just cried. So every single episode yeah. after that, you're making the connections, you're, you know, explaining things to me the way I've never heard them before. I knew they were true like you know love yourself and mm -hmm. and uh and you know take care of your body but I didn't understand that the way I was coping with the big feelings or actually I didn't even realize that I wasn't coping mm -hmm. with big feelings <laughs> right right and so wow. but after that that's why I had to reach out to you right away because once I discovered the self-love like oh my god so now the fat on my body I'm like oh I get it now my brain and body throughout my whole life has always been has always taken care of me mm -hmm. because and it was interesting too because I'm such a nurturer by nature I, I want to always make sure everybody's okay. Are you guys okay? Can I get you a drink? Can I make you feel comfortable? And in my mind prior to being, or yeah, prior to being out of the cave, I felt like, wow, I'm so nice to other people. But when I hear the thoughts in my head, I'm just so mean. Like, oh God, you're such a failure. You're so stupid. You're so fat. You're so ugly. Da -da 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 -da. And then when I realized like, oh my gosh, my body I'm not a failure. I didn't gain all this weight. The way my brain knew how to cope with 20, with COVID and or with any adversities in my life, boredom, any big feelings was to eat. Oh, oh, Jenny, I know what, how to take care of you. You're, you're feeling anxious. Oh, there's some ice cream in the fridge. Do you want to mm -hmm. go get some? So after that, oh my gosh, Lisa, I was like, I've always been that nurturing person to myself I yeah. just had no idea yeah. I always thought like I was a failure gaining all that weight like oh gosh right. you have such weak um right. so or what do you call it uh willpower right right that was not true absolutely everything was absolutely not true right mm. I learned that because of you wow thank you thank so you thank you for sharing that well I have to say oh, yeah yes yes like on one hand, I like I've heard you explain that, but I remember I remember actually literally exactly where I was when I got your email because or it was one of your emails off the bat because what you were <laughs> saying to me was that everything that you're explaining now, that is you thought, and this is so important to share because I think this is again the story of so many people that you thought because this is what we've been taught 
that if you're doing something like eating, overeating, binge eating, emotional eating, and if you gain weight, and if you lose weight and gain it back, all of the cultural narrative around that is, wow, you either must really hate yourself or you must be completely defective. And it's, it was so astonishing to me to read through your email that after just a few episodes of listening to the podcast, it was so clear to you that that was not true. That was never true. And actually, if we look at the science and the brain science of what's going Mm -hmm. on here, it is everything that, you know, resonated and, and kind of dropped in for you. That is, this is how your brain body system has been keeping you safe, has been protecting you, has keeping you comfortable, has been nurturing you in your words. And it's so it was, it's just so everything. It's just so everything. So it's powerful. Everything, right? Because, yeah. and I, I remember reading in your email when you said, uh, now, you know, like I have found the missing piece and the missing piece all along was self-love. And it felt to me, the reason that that was so profound for me was because it was like, I'm, I am being seen. I am being heard because that is everything that is everything. That is all of this work is that if there's anything anyone ever take, takes away from this, mm-hmm. it is that narrative that you are broken is not true. The narrative that you're doing this to yourself is not true. The belief that you are somehow creating this reality for yourself because you hate yourself, mm-hmm. all of it is fear-based and it's not the truth. So you just like, it, you just cut right to it. And it's, it's everything that you're saying now. And I just hope you know, it's clear that 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 can be the takeaway by itself is, wow, you have never done anything wrong. And none of this has ever been your fault. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for for everything. Because after listening to your podcast, it's funny, too, because, you know, I, of course, I binge listened. And I was like, wait, let me let this say sink and settle. But that ended up allowing me to have conversations with my husband who I already felt already uh, distant to because it's like, you know, and you always hear that cliche too, like how can you expect to love someone else if you don't love yourself? And and now I believe how true it is because now that I felt loved, now that I felt the love within myself, then I could be able to connect with my husband because he didn't have that, that pressure to make me feel whole because I felt whole already. Yeah. Because also too, how many years of therapy and having this toolbox, but I I felt like I couldn't even access it. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I just, I couldn't, but now I'm able to, and it's been so wonderful. And my husband and I are talking and we're closer because he doesn't feel that anymore. Well, first of all, I'm talking to him very differently now. Yeah. It's not you, 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 you. Now it's like, oh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh my gosh, Lisa. Because I remember too having so many therapy sessions with my counselor with my yeah, with my counselor and he would ask me, why can't you just talk to your husband? Mm -hmm. Oh doesn't understand. I don't know. It's like, don't you think it'll be easier if you just talk to him? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you now, so not alone in this. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, and of course, it's the ripple effect, right? Yeah, Self love. Now I can give it to others truly. Because oh no, also too, I told my husband I said that now that 
I have discovered this new revelation, I feel like I can really be myself because in my mind it's like oh gosh if he knew the thoughts that were in my head oh god I would scare him away right incredible yeah and when I explain because I remember too I was telling him like yeah no I would be eating a bag of chips in bed and thinking oh my god I am such a loser like I fucking hate myself this is so stupid why can't I stop it feels like a bottomless pit yeah. And I'm just waiting for it to be filled until I feel like throwing up. That's when I'm like, oh, okay, I think I had enough. And then he just looked at me with this very, um, you know, he looked at me like I was crazy mm-hmm. because he couldn't relate. Yeah. And I said, yep, that's why I didn't tell you. But then yeah. again, but that's why I, you know, that, 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 was what, that was what was holding me back from getting deeper with him. Because I could, oh, heaven forbid, he knew how much I hated, I thought I hated myself. Right. And now that I totally get it and understand, and he's being so supportive, then I notice my, a shift with us, Mm -hmm. a shift Mm -hmm. with my kids. Mm -hmm. And now with my kids, I'm totally, the way I'm speaking to them different like I'm trying to understand them or I'm understanding wait why why are they acting like this as opposed to fixing the behavior right away yes yeah why 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 very curious about everything now my daughter says that too (laughs) mommy I'm just asking I'm just curious oh Uh, that's (laughs) amazing because I was gonna say that was one of the first things that um I there maybe it was during group or something but there was one day where I was like well I'm curious about and you were like is this a podcast episode you always say that I I didn't even know that that was something that came up so often but now it's so on my radar um so okay I mean it's 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 incredible it's every everything you're saying is amazing and I beyond beyond means the world to me because again to me Jen you are someone who from the very beginning understood that this is about self-love And when I implement that in myself, it has a ripple effect on everything, every relationship I have, including my relationship with myself and my body and food and all of the things. And that again is, is the root of all of this. So I know that I could ask you a million different questions, but I'm (laughs) curious about like what, there it is again. I'm curious about, I love it. If you were to like some of the big kind of major takeaways or the major shifts. One of them is the relationship with your husband. One of them is the way that you are really showing up in a different way around your kids, which is something that I think was unfolding all throughout our group program together. Um, What are some of the things like, you know, you did this 14 week program. Mm -hmm. You're even on this episode referring to it as like, now you're out of the cave before you were in the cave. What does that mean to you? Like, how are things different now? How would you explain it to someone? It's the awareness. It's huge. You're totally aware of the things that go through your mind. Like your instant, your instinctual, like, I think the awareness of your thoughts is, are huge because before I was so reactive to everything. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm a failure. Oh yeah, that's true. I am weak. Right. And now it's like I'm challenging all the limiting beliefs, 
all the bull crap that I was fed, I'm challenging it now. And I think out of the cave, I, or after the program, I really thought initially, like, I'm healed, I'm done, let's go. And reality and life slapped me in the face. I was like, (laughs) no, we, and, and at first, and that was the hard pill to swallow. I'm like, wait, but I'm not done yet. I don't understand. And then, honestly, I did listen to Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yep. Yeah. Bible. I swear. Yeah. I'm not done. I have two more hours. But, but that's when she mentioned that, um, we are constantly evolving, and yeah. that's when it hit me. I was, uh, yeah. That's that's when it hit me because my scientific mind was saying, "Oh, of course, I'm in yeah. an oncology research." I research cancer, it's always evolving, yeah. and it's always growing. Yeah. And it is what it is. And that's yeah. okay. And also too, I learned a lot because I'm so aware and just taking data and information in. That's totally new. Because right. what would happen is something would happen to me and I would just be I would just get so upset with myself. And now it's like, okay, I'm getting tr- now I can label it right so yeah. now I'm like okay I'm getting triggered why am I getting triggered mm-hmm. oh I remember that happened when I was younger that's bringing up these feelings and that's the take the big message too is yes. I can feel all feelings yeah. all feelings are valid and I am safe to do so so the huge things too is, there's so many huge things but <laughs> I am human yep I'm human yeah and that's and so I think whenever I get triggered or just feeling down I definitely have to look inward and what do I need what are my needs that need to be met yeah and meet them if possible and just I've been talking to myself a lot more yeah but having (laughs) that awareness I think is definitely key and that was like one of the biggest one um yeah epiphany moments it's Um, so huge yeah yeah well I think also what what goes through my head just hearing you say all that is that even if we just like follow the theme of like earlier in your life what you were saying where you were constantly kind of putting pressure on other people or other situations and outside external world to make you happy and you wanted to be happy period forever like just arrive at the destination of happiness and never leave right and that in so many ways is what I would almost consider like when we're in the cave, so to speak, there we're living in that story that happiness is a destination to arrive at, period, the end, very much like the after picture, right? Mm-hmm. And that it can be given to us by someone or something else. So it could be the next boyfriend or the body or the weight or any of those things. And when you're in that kind of headspace, um, again, it's not our fault. It's everything that we've been taught to believe, mm-hmm. but it, but it, we could say that it's in the cave because it's also not aligned with the truth. That is, there is no such thing as getting that kind of fulfillment from outside of you. And there also is no such thing as just staying at happy and expecting that to be realistic. But so what you're saying is so amazing because what does it mean to be out of the cave? Well, it's like, well, that means a lot of different things, but so much of what you're sharing is just living a life where you understand that's not reality. Like that's what it is to be out of the cave is that this kind of fulfillment that we're looking for, right? It's a little bit different than the word happy. 
it's really yeah. on a deeper level to be fulfilled. Not mm-hmm. only can you give that to yourself by meeting your needs, mm-hmm. but it also is not a place where you're going to stay all of the time. And mm-hmm. that really is so fundamentally what it means to be out of the cave is what you're saying is you're aware of your thoughts. You're mm-hmm. not you're not seeing them as true. You're not believing them. You're not mindlessly falling into patterns around them. You're saying, well, these are thoughts that I have because I'm a human and this is part of being human. And these are feelings that I have because this is what it is to be human and I'm a human. And it's what it, it's just so incredible because it feels so almost minor, right? When you're looking for like, but how right. do I do it, right? What What is the way out of the cave? And it's like, literally, as I've said on previous episodes of this podcast, yeah. it's like 90 to 95% of the work is awareness and observation and being present in your authentic experience. That is what it means to be out of the cave. And sometimes that feels happy. And sometimes mm-hmm. that does not feel happy. But all of it is really, as you're saying, and you you said this every single week of group was something would come up. Mm-hmm. And instead of judging it or attacking it or reacting to it, mm-hmm. you week after week after week, we're saying, hmm, I'm aware. I'm aware of this thing. This thing is ha- creating thoughts in my head. This thing is creating feelings in my body. But I am the observer. And that mm-hmm. yes. is what yeah. it means <laughs> to be out of the cave. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It was, wow. I think that was, a lot of it was definitely, yeah, of course, being aware. And because I just wanted to touch on it, because that was one yeah. of the biggest conversations I had was with my mother. Um, when yes. we yes. talked about, because I was like, where, okay, I have limiting beliefs. Where are these beliefs coming from? Where I'm not, you know, so a trigger happened and automatically I suck. I'm, I'm ugly. I'm lonely. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not wanted. I'm not loved. I'm like, where is this coming from? Oh, it's because my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt as a little kid, my mom gave all the attention to my brother because he needed help. Oh, it's because my parents worked. Oh, my mom didn't play with me. Oh, my mom didn't communicate with me. My parents didn't talk to us. And I had a wonderful and amazing opportunity and I seized the moment to have a conversation with her to ask to be cute ask her out of curiosity yeah what how was her childhood how was my her experience being a mother to me so powerful because at the end of our we were luckily luckily we were enough luckily we um were able to be out of town just the two of us to talk and she she told me about her mom and in the Philippines and her mom was a provider. She just worked to take care of her 10 kids to any means necessary, but she was always out and about. Right. Yeah. And so I asked her, oh, mommy, well, didn't you miss her? Didn't you need her love? She's like, no, we understood that um, her love was showing us or was providing for us to, for survival. Yeah. to keep us alive you know yeah. all she asks us to you know go to college and and help each other and then I started noticing with my mom that's how she was showing love by acts yeah. of service yeah and and then I realized too like oh my goodness my mom was raised in the 1950s in the Philippines 
totally a different culture. Now here I am in the 80s, 90s, and I'm seeing so many things on the TV where how a quote unquote perfect family should be and feeling I was, my family was lacking because my parents didn't do that. Right. And that's when the healing began because then I started to realize the truth or yeah, I realized the truth. Yeah. That it was had nothing to do with me was yeah. not my mom's fault. She didn't know I wanted X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It is what it is. And after that, yeah, yeah. all the limiting beliefs of I'm not loved, I'm not worthy, this and that started evaporating. Yeah. And I thought that was like one of the huge epiphanies because in the beginning of session or our, yeah, our sessions that was holding me down. Yeah. And then once I talked to her, I'm like, so now when I get triggered, they don't come up anymore because I know they're not right. true. Right. Oh, so healing. Oh, Lisa. So really. cute. My mind, my, 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 yeah, my mind, my life, my heart, everything. And everyone yeah. is benefiting from it because yeah. I see it. I see it. So I see things so clearly now, but I did notice too, that the times when I don't see things clearly, because yeah, of course, limiting beliefs pop up or, you know, stuck points pop up. But I'm like, oh, I'm feeling bloated. No, honest, let's be true. I'm feeling fat today. Oh. I'm like, not like, hey, I'm curious. Yeah. What, what's going on? Oh, I have a presentation I have to work for. Yeah. We're gonna have to- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. So you, oh my gosh, you have taught me how to grieve, how, how to be present. Cause I remember it too. When I had my therapist or my old therapist and we would try to meditate I'm like I don't get meditation he's like yeah it's really hard for people I'm like I don't understand why why do we have to do it da, 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 da. and now through your work I see things so clearly now of course I didn't want to meditate I didn't feel safe to do so right heaven forbid I dropped the ball there's no ball to be dropped you're fine yes yes <laughs> also yes too, like you know I am oh, yes yeah I'm still oh, you know I still have the quote-unquote pandemic weight but I, when you really stop, like, stop, think about it. The people that truly love you for who you are will not abandon you ever, mm-hmm. no matter how you look. Mm-hmm. And if they do, they are not yours, or they were, they're not yours to begin with, or they're not even, yeah, supposed to be in your life. Yeah. You, and that's what I'm longing for now, thanks to you, is I want deeper, richer, fulfilling relationships now I don't want this superficial crap that will leave me on a drop of a dime because I'm not a size six four two zero whatever anymore yeah get out of here (laughs) yeah yes yes Yes. yeah and so I think that's my Uh, journey now is of course to continue living life to the fullest and to just go slow go slow because my husband mentioned too because we were talking about eating healthy and stuff and and I told him, I, the problem isn't if I can lose weight or not. I can lose weight like that because I know how to cheat the system. Right. Right. I know all the tricks. Right. And we're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And mm-hmm. so now I'm like, because I know about nutrition and I understand brain science and everything, I'm just, let me just take it slow this time. 
because that's what Weight Watchers has been hard and fast, hard and fast. Yep. And we're not doing that anymore. And let me see where this takes me because I am genuinely at peace. Yeah. I love you. I can't wait to see you. I know. <laughs> I mean, I there's a million things I want to say, literally, but I, I'm really, I'm just so blown away to hear it. I know that it's all true. And it's just been so unbelievable to like watch you not even unfold, but like blossom, you know, in this way that like you, it. yeah, that's, that's what it is. Like and I flower. think, yes. Yeah. And I feel thriving, so, a thriving flower. <laughs> yes. And I, I see it. I hear it. I feel it so much for you because you really, I mean, all of it, you just, you, you've taken it and run with it. And I think again, it's just, it is such an illustration of how, uh, when I say things like it's not about the food, right? It's like, this is what it is. This is what it is. It is a lifestyle. And the lifestyle in the cave is largely, um, a lack of awareness and, and, and making meaning of everything, right? It's like, everything Mm -hmm. means something about you. And that's why it's so, again, just incredible to hear this all reflected back to me. That is what it means for you to be out of the cave is that nothing means anything, it's mm-hmm. you have thoughts, you have feelings, you're riding this roller coaster of being a spiritual being in a physical experience and and you're just riding it, you know, you're not mm-hmm. like identifying with any of it or having to analyze any of it or fight any that, of it. It's just mm-hmm. right, you're just you're mm-hmm. this is this is what it is. This is your human experience. And that's why you're in a place of saying, you know, I, I really have found that peace because you're just not fighting yourself. And when I say to people, you know, this is not, it's not about food. It's not about your weight. You know, it, you just, again, from day one have embodied that and understood that. And that's why for me, every time, you know, you remind me of like a a handful of clients that have been on this podcast where they're like, you know, you did this. And it's like, you did this, you know, like I, I say the things and I teach the things, but you are the one implementing it. Mm -hmm. Yes. You are the one changing the way that you're showing up in your marriage as a mother, as a daughter. You're the catalyst, (laughs) but it's like, it is the, it is so the beauty of, of the co-creation, right? That's what it is. It's not me alone. It's not you alone, but it's the way that, you know, this is what we're here to do is just like elevate I think the collective in this way, one person at a time. And like you said before, the ripple effect of that is, oh my gosh. is just massive. So, and I think wow. too, what is amazing is the way I'm speaking to my kids Yeah. instead of getting angry at them right away for their behavior and asking them, listen, I'm not mad. I just need to understand. Why did you do that? Right. Yeah. So fast forward days later, I hear like, mommy, I'm not mad. I'm just curious. <laughs> why did you say that <laughs> so but oh I remember with one of our members um in group and she mentioned how you know that's the success of the past generation yeah yeah you know what we're doing yeah in that moment yeah how proud of them how proud of our ancestors or you know our, our parents right in doing this work because we're changing it. We are stopping the cycle. Yep. We're stopping it. Yep. 
And it's incredible. And we're sharing it. And I'm, I'm definitely, I love to share. And so, so many people know (laughs) in my life. I feel like like you're my publicist. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so fun. (laughs) Like, but I love it. Thank you for that. Jen. Amazing. I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, again, like I know, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a conversation we could have for hours and hours, but is there anything that feels important that you have yet to speak to that you want to share about either being in the group program, uh, your experience, your transformation, any, anything uh, that feels, you know, really just on your heart that feels important? Yeah, just to remind everyone that you're not alone. Because a lot of this throughout my life, I felt like, oh, like people don't really understand. Um, but when you, I think that's why I was at Weight Watchers for so long because of the yeah. community. You commiserated yeah. together. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that when you're ready to take the leap to just be open to know that you're not alone and there's opportunities to connect even to your relatives or your friends, just to be open and authentic and be truthful to, and, but, choose yourself. Yeah. Choose yourself. Yeah. I think that's what I struggled with before was attending to everyone else. Because like I mentioned, as a na- mother by nature, <laughs> yeah, nature by nurture by nature. And so I think you first, yeah. you first, mm. how can you give to others? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, I always have that the mentality or that mental picture of the airplane oxygen you yes yes and then others yes yes and that's that too getting letting go of that guilt that guilt is palpable yeah and so this work will help you be like you know what you're worth it right and no one's gonna die if you take a right right right. you know a shower good lord yes it's that it's that letting go of control that you don't even have Right. Yeah. That was another epiphany. I don't have control over other people (laughs) except for myself. And that's when my tons, tons, tons. Yeah. Tons, tons. We can, yeah, talk for ages and stuff. But But it's so, it, it really is so cool to hear because, again, it's like when I say to you, you know, like any, any last words ultimately. And what you're saying is you come first, you are safe to get your needs met. Yes. and be authentic in your truth be like honest. that's what you're saying like that's yeah be and it's that's what it is is yeah living a life and this goes back to you know many episodes ago of just your true self embodying your true self how to get your needs met like that's what it is that's what it is when we're talking about living out of the cave and building a very different lifestyle and you are just again embodied in that and illustrating that in so many different ways so seriously thank you thank you for sharing every word of that anything else you want to add I know it's it hard pops in my, I know it pops forever. in my mind I know just that it's that you need to let go that you're going to be happy all the fucking time yep that's the hard pill to swallow for me because I'm such a positive I feel it I'm a yep. positive person I just want everything to be happy but you know, if someone says something to you that rubs you the wrong way, it's going to hurt and it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Or even if, 
you know, you're late to something. It's going to happen. And I think yeah. it's that. That's my journey right now is to go with the flow and not be so rigid yep. to let go yep. of that perfectionist um, mentality. And also to, uh, it just popped in my head, that I love how when every experience now is data collecting. Right. Just collecting. Yep. And then I'm able to, because that's what I do, right? Yeah. Form a hypothesis, do the experience, experiment. And it's interesting. Yeah, of course you want this to work. But sometimes it doesn't. And mm -hmm. in my line of work, all data is beneficial data. Yes. It always guides you to another route, another protocol or another, you know, study design. Right. And it's all beneficial and it's all, I don't want to, well, no, epic. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. It's all good. It is. New merch. Amazing. All good. <laughs> all good. But you're going to feel so true. Here. All feelings are valid. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. so, it, all yeah. of it. It's so true. It really yeah. is. Because that was, that was my mentality too. I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I feeling sad? Like, well, because that happened. Of course you're sad. Right. Breathe. Right. Well, it's, it's so important too, because mm. you are, you are, I don't, I don't want to say like almost like a prototype, but like you, like the, when we talk about like the TMS personality type, like there's a, there's a personality type. There's a lot of traits that we have in common mm. and it's, it's that very often for a lot of us, it's not happening um, consciously or intentionally, but yeah. there is a belief that we are meant to be comfortable and happy all of the time. And that when we're not, we can do something to make that so. And so the way mm -hmm. that that manifests for a lot of us is if we feel something uncomfortable or we feel something that we don't like or anything like that, um, we will immediately jump to something like, how do I get my body to be what I want it to be? Because that will make me feel happy. And yeah. that's how we get into this whole thing is that there is a fundamental belief that we are supposed to be happy all the time. And then in order oh. to manifest that in the physical dimension, then we start focusing on the body and the weight and the size and the shape and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But the root of it is not the body. The root of it is understanding and unpacking that actually we are not meant to be happy all of the time. And what if we can just be where we are more of the time? And that's so much of the work that you have implemented and integrated is that when stuff comes up for you, you're no longer in a place of how do I push myself into a place of happiness? How do I push myself further into joy? What you're doing is pausing and saying, wow, this actually feels kind of sad. And that is a huge shift in lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that is why it becomes easier to kind of release all of the charge around food and eating and body stuff is because it was never about that to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the yeah. way that we play it out. So, yeah. cause that yes. was what I was craving at night. Right. It right. wasn't yes. Yes. the food or well, it was the feeling, but it was to numb, yeah. numb the loneliness, right? Halt, are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Yeah. Like your needs, what are your needs? And then also, sorry, you just brought up, I was living the secret power law of attraction. Yeah. And so that's why, that's why I was like, I don't get it. I'm thinking good thoughts. I'm like, oh, all these, all positive, positive, positive. 
what why am I still feeling like shit I'm like oh and then through your work oh because I'm fucking yeah and of course I feel like shit because xyz happened to me exactly exactly and I think that's so powerful in the beginning of our sessions where you gave us the permission or allow you know just reminded us that we have permission to be or to feel all the feelings so that was like oh now I get it that's why we talked about anger and I never knew how much I suppressed it because heaven forbid no no if you express anger you're gonna attract more anger that's what I truly believed before right right right, no more I feel it I let it out I'm journaling it I'm crying I'm talking to myself in the van you know cussing it's magnificent it's so freeing to just feel all the feelings you're not gonna die and it's interesting you'll see how a lot of people are uncomfortable Mm. Mm -hmm. with all emotions yeah yeah and I'm like and so I have to remind them especially what happened in Texas I'm like just let me feel it I cannot numb it it's tragic oh don't don't watch the news let me mourn let me feel yes so I can feel yes it's a wound and so we're like you said you know these things that we're doing the unhealthy coping mechanisms are band-aids they're temporary but you're not healing the wound right and how many wounds do you have amazing um something to think about I have no words I'm out of words you have rendered me speechless, Jen. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all that. It's so powerful. And you're so, you're so right. Every part of it, you get this so deeply. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being here. Incredible. Well, my love, I think you'll have to come back because I know our work is not done. And <laughs> always, as a, as evolving. A, right? <laughs> always evolving, right? Always evolving. Always evolving. And just a quick plug, anyone who is like maybe on the fence a little bit about our retreat in September, Jen will be here and you get to meet her in real life. (laughs) Um, As well as like at least a handful of other podcast guests at this point. So um, quick plug that if you want to, you know, join us in real life to embody this, practice this, work on this, be out of the cave and join the crew um that is the best time and place to do that now September 30th to October 2nd dude I cannot fucking wait (laughs) I just can't wait to be with you guys in person and like finally get to hug you oh incredible so so (laughs) oh my love thank you so much so amazing I'm so proud of you I'm so 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 proud of you thank you for being here you are so out of the cave (laughs) amazing thank you (laughs)